Assalamualaikum and hello everyone. It's me, Izati, the speech therapist. And today we have another guest in my podcast, the Izati Not Dane podcast. And the guest is Ivina. Hi, Ivina. Hi, Izati. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I I have to say thank you so much, Izati, for for giving me this opportunity. Oh, so sweet. <laughs> thank you, thank you for uh, joining and um taking the challenge in order to like come to my podcast with me oh, <laughs> because no. I think I really think that um doing something different or something new it takes like uh it requires someone else to like. Join in, Join in exactly, yeah. and put and give you that push and that support. That yeah, yeah, yeah mm. true. So that's why I'm like um, gaining, um, collecting, <laughs> collecting. You are not my figures. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like um, trying to like have my old friends like have mm. a conversation like this conversation mm. with me lah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So um. Uh, for me, I already know you, but I yeah. think our guest didn't know you who you are. <laughs> so I'm not you... that special. <laughs> Don't say like that. Okay, just uh, introduce yourself to the world. Ah, okay. Um, so my name is Ivina, and of course, Izati was my best, best, good clinical partner during um our studies, <laughs> uh, in uni. But um, yeah, I'm also a speech pathologist, and um, as of October this year, it would be five years um that I've been practicing as one. So that's um, <laughs> some it's it's a really big surprise that I've come this far, <laughs> which I've um. It's tough. It's very, very tough. But um, I think it's rewarding as well. Yes, true. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yes. You made me um feel old. <laughs> <laughs> Since we already, we already in this field, like almost uh, maybe you five years, I'm a little bit later. Uh, yeah, a bit later mm-hmm. than you, uh, around yeah. four years, but not that. Yeah, you. it's it's not. But we knew each other since um first day of uni, so it's like um it feels like we've been speech pathologists since day one of studies. I don't know. I feel that way <laughs> because of all the clinics that we had. Yes, yes, true. Mm. And then you make me remember certain things that we done we've done previous when we are in study together because you say about we are being clinical partners for yeah. quite some time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> it it those, was fun. All those good times, good times and crying mm. times. <laughs> yeah, the good and the tough times. But but you know what? It's like mm-hmm. I was just thinking about it just now and like mm-hmm. I think I wouldn't wouldn't ever change my experience um with, with what we learn in our degree. Because mm-hmm. I, I always feel, I feel right now that what we went through is actually what we really need now. <laughs> if it was easier for us during that times, I don't think, for me personally, I don't think I would be a good speech pathologist. Because the, um, I think we were grilled during our degree life. And that was a good thing because it made some, some, Things, some theory, some experience get stuck in my head and I actually use it and convert it with my sessions right now as a speech pathologist. So, 
I actually think that what we went through was it was good but bad sometimes but overall it's the experience that we needed. Yes, yes, I agree mm. with you about that. I do feel that sometimes when I like uh, feel a little bit down or I feel mm. like lost, mm. I try to think of what I what I did in my studies that I can do this and what can I improve this mm. and what Yeah. What True. what in the sessions that we do with our lecturers and clinicians and everything like that, and then yeah, try to apply it in our sessions. Yes, true, true. Yes, I do true. feel the same thing. Exactly because, like, I think in uni, um, the the foundation that we build in uni, that's the first knowledge, the first theory that we learn, and and that is really important, which we apply now. So exactly, I also keep going back and like, okay, what did I learn with a voice case? What did I learn with autism? What did I learn, you know, just about playing? Like, how do you do that? So, yeah. That's true. Me too. Mm. <laughs> so so I, I, I would like to know about your journey after graduation. So um, after graduation, mm. where do you work at and what do you work as? And then currently, what do you do? Okay, so um, I think after, after we finished our mm-hmm. degree, <laughs> I only had two months of a break and then Um, yeah, I started off working in Pantai Hospital. So, but I went to Pantai Hospital Bangsa for four months to have my training over there with seniors, which um, was very, very useful because being new into the the working world, that is something totally different than what we've experienced as student clinicians. And that training was so helpful. But after that four months, I did come back to Pantai Hospital mm-hmm. Penang and continued here for another three mm-hmm. months. But um, after that, um, I actually um, transferred or maybe I got a better opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I went for Island mm-hmm. Hospital and ever since that until today, I'm still there <laughs> in Island as a speech therapist. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I see. So, um, how, what type of cases that you have been seeing throughout your clinical years or working experience? How how is it? Hmm. So, like, um, when I was in Pantai Hospital, and I think <laughs> you know you were also there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we we um, I kind of saw a lot of adult mm-hmm. cases, um, for feeding for swallowing mainly. Um, and that is something that was very new because we didn't have that much of an exposure with an adult swallowing case during our student days. And But my time in Island Hospital, um, it was very surprising because it's also not something that we've learned um, in our student days. But I see a lot of high-functioning um, ASD kids. Mm. Um, and also, besides that, um, severe ASD, yeah, uh, probably less, but high-functioning ones are more. And definitely Down syndrome and the, you know, speech and language mm-hmm. delay. So, these are my main cases that I have right now in the hospital. Mm, interesting, interesting. Yeah. Yep. Usually, I get this like myth lah, whereby um, I heard this a lot in my setting. 
um, my current setting mm-hmm. whereby like they usually think that speech therapy only see pediatric cases. They rarely know that mm. we are actually seeing from very very newborn patient mm. till yeah, uh, yeah infants yeah. till the elderly like gener gener Geriatric, geriatric, <laughs> geriatric yeah. cases. So, so yeah, like true. when we, when like you said just now, like entering the pantai uh, hospital and then expose ourselves mm-hmm. with the cases that we have less experience of. I do think that we have mm. expe- less experience with swallowing cases. Yeah, um, true. And then uh, we have to like see those kind of patients, right? I can't. Mm-hmm. Do you um? How is it feel the first time you um experience those things? Can you like Oh <laughs> Oh my god. I uh it was it was so scary. Um one because you're dealing with adults. Second, it's um a swallowing case which one misdiagnose um happens or the wrong food the wrong texture is being given to a patient and that can actually um, uh, cause uh, detrimental results, you know. So um, the fear was always there that, um, oh my God, am I giving, uh, did I diagnose the patient correctly? Did I give the right type of food with the correct type of texture? How is the patient doing? Mm -hmm. And when you treat the patient and you do exercises and you know with swallowing cases I always feel that there's a constant um, it's not a one-time assessment Mm -hmm. it's like every day we go in and we reassess the patient and you see how are they doing with the food that you recommend or with the textures that you recommend so it's Sometimes you go back home and you'll be like, oh my God, I hope this patient is fine. I think he's all right, you know. Mm-hmm. And then the next day you go in and like, you're like, oh, okay, that's good. That's good. So it's scary at the same time, but I actually would say that it has built my confidence a lot in seeing an adult patient. Mm-hmm. Well, So when I was in Panta, I had a lot of help from seniors, mm-hmm. um, a lot of support that was really, really good. And even support from the doctors over there, you know, I think, you know, um, with the rehabilitation um, team that we have there. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I went to into Island Hospital, mm-hmm. um, it was just me mm-hmm. and my boss. So um, I had to actually see these patients on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, I sure had my boss to help me out. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, everyone's busy mm-hmm. and they have their own uh, patients to see. Mm-hmm. So I sort of had to survive on my own. Mm-hmm. And... Because I actually thank my experience in Pantai, mm-hmm. seeing all these adult cases, because mm-hmm. that built my confidence. And so um, I'm used to treating adult patients now with swallowing. I, I don't have mm-hmm. that fear anymore um, mm-hmm. because I think it's just the knowledge that you've gained throughout your journey from where I've started, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Yes, I agree with you because this kind of fear, like, if um are we like diagnosing correctly? Are we giving it, um, giving the correct uh practice with the patient? We giving the correct mm. exercise to the patient. Is patient mm. going to improve yeah. or not? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do feel that kind of uh 
think uh, the fear of the is um I call it the fear of the unknown because we don't know whether <laughs> is it okay or not. And, yeah, yeah. And then um, true. Um, one of the senior in Pantai told me that mm. you, in order to like build those confidence, you have to take note. You have to like mm. build yourself a like a statistic. Like we are, uh, like when we are in our, uh, clinician day, uh, when our uh, when we was in uni, we are like, mm. um, like gaining, collecting mm-hmm. uh collecting hours for our, uh, clinical skills mm-hmm. right. Same goes to yeah. the swallowing because we don't mm. really have that experience during um, student uni days, and then yes. uh, we come to the hospital, and then we didn't get to uh, we had we get to experience all those things, and then we have to like do mm. it the same thing again, lah. And then if we do yeah. um, like maybe we do a certain mistake, we can still like go through our seniors. So we still need mm. that guidance yeah. if like we are yeah. not really sure what we are doing. Yes, true. true. And then yeah. if when like me myself right now, I'm mm. I'm I can relate with you. Like um, mm-hmm. when you even though you uh you are like together with your boss in the island hospital right now, right? Mm-hmm. But mm. the you yeah because both are busy, so you can't really like communicate with each other. And mm-hmm. like me, I'm here alone. <laughs> Alone oh, as a speech therapy, okay. so like I yeah. I don't have the opportunity. I mm. I have that difficulty as well, and that to communicate with other seniors too. Mm-hmm. But mm. um um, but still that because I want to practice things or I want to like give the best for my patient, yeah, I couldn't help true. myself to like push myself. You said yes. go, go and ask yeah. your senior. Go, go and ask your friends. Yeah. At yeah, first, true. I feel that ego centric feeling, like Mm-mm. why should I ask? I should should have known everything. I shouldn't. Yeah. I should know. I put yeah. that pressure there's, myself. There's you know? always yeah. There's always that doubt. You know, like wait, I should have known this. You know, um, you know, like go search on your own and whatnot. But. I I also feel that you know when you communicate with a senior or your colleague, then you sort of have that relief and also um you feel better because you you know what you should do next sort mm-hmm. of a feeling. Mm-hmm. I I'm not sure if that's that's how you feel as well. Mm, yeah yeah I I do I do feel that re- that sense of relief. Uh, one thing mm-hmm. is because I know what to do next, and then the other thing is mm. you have someone that is supporting you. Oh, you are doing this correctly. Uh, no one is doubting mm-hmm. about what you are doing, and then you feel that confidence lah after mm. you like discuss a certain type of thing. So I think mm-hmm. like um um we do like a speech therapist needs like this kind of like a foundation. I think in order to like refresh our um. Mm. Knowledge, our knowledge, yeah. our communication skill, and mm. then it's like um, comp- compassionate. I don't know. I'm not sure what kind of word I use, but like <laughs> understanding each oh, other, lah. I miss you, Izati. <laughs> Your classic trait. I think our classic trait. <laughs> Loss of words. <laughs> Loss of word. Um, uh, word finding difficulty. <laughs> word finding, yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, so so yeah, that's that's what the thing about being mm-hmm. a, a speech therapy because we are not that much of there's not like many of us actually in this community. I do think, and then um, mm. we are so packed with patients, back to back patients. Yes. So exactly. Uh, so like so it's like um, I do think that we need to like. Uh, um, express about this but then mm-hmm. with the system that we are in it's kind of yes. difficult to change it mm. Mm. the system the reali- yeah the mm. system is not really like suitable for uh, those needs lah. because as a speech mm. therapist I do think that we need that support we need that yeah. Um, yeah. communicate and mm, then we need mm. mentors in order yeah. to like um, help us in order to like give a better service right we we need that support and we actually do have that support but finding that time the, the time to reach out to get that support is I, I don't know but I feel that it's what is a bit difficult for me so like that's why you know like with back-to-back patients that you have mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. you work from nine to five you have back-to-back patients you only have one hour of lunch break and mm. by the time you get home you you feel tired because mm-hmm. <laughs> you you're dealing with kids you know mm-hmm. and the, these kids are not typical developing kids where it's easy to just go with the flow and and play mm-hmm. but this we have to have goals and target and you know help them out with their communication and I think what people don't know our main job is to help parents out and communicate with parents because um, parents is who spend most of their time with children with their kids at home so our job is to you know let the parents know that this is what you can do um, this this activity is what you can plan and you can do at home and you know some parents just um, it's difficult to get through them so throughout that day you exert a lot of energy towards that and when you come back home you feel oh I'm so tired like you just don't want to do anything and like you feel less motivated I suppose because you're tired and you're like okay maybe I'll just ask my friend tomorrow but the same thing happens the next day you know back to back with patients and then you're like oh okay let's forget about it so I don't know I think every every um, therapist is different um, everyone reaches out for help in a different way but uh, so far that's what I feel <laughs> I'm not mm-hmm. sure about you Mm-hmm. Yes, mm. yes, true. That is the reality of the speech therapist because we mm. are like, seeing patient back to back, and then yeah. um, um, we have to o- not only deal with the patient, we also deal with the parents mm. uh, or mm. the caregiver. If like we are like conducting a session with an adult, mm. um, yeah. it's like convincing them, um, mm. making them trust in us. Um, to really, really make them understand about the condition of the patient is mm. really, really takes a lot of our energy. Yes. Energy. energy, exactly. Energy, yeah. not only our um, 
physical energy our yeah. emotional energy emotional energy mental energy mental or what, whatever energy. cognitively yes <laughs> all the energy is taken yeah. away so true um this is one thing that i really really want to um suggest to the speech therapist out there mm. because i also mm. re- i also only realize about like what we should do about our own well-being because i do think that mm. we didn't learn about this didn't know mm. about this yeah. that um when we are out there we are like seeing patient back to back we do experience yeah. it but we didn't think that it would affect our well-being until we exactly. didn't have time in order to like accommodate time for ourselves because ourselves, we are ourselves yeah uh, what we want to do what we want we, what our dreams are something like that lah mm. <laughs> so yeah. yeah i do think about that until like last year mm. you know um last year when the pandemic come mm. uh, yeah. i feel um lost i mm. don't know what to do because mm. suddenly my patient is not coming <laughs> yeah yeah you went from super busy to super free and you're like oh wait what 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 is going on yes. <laughs> like, am i this free yeah yeah at that time last year i not, i feel i feel like i'm Uh, I'm I'm not sure I'm not sure whether our audience able to listen to this. I feel like uh, how about their progress and everything all around my head. And then I suddenly found um finally think, am I like under pressure because I'm so used to the mm. routine of seeing patients every day, and then mm. I didn't mm. like think about myself. And then during that time, I start to reflect. Mm-hmm. Reflect on the things that I want to do, and then what, why I want to become a speech therapist in the first place. Um, mm. So it do helps in order to like build my um, emotional well being during that time lah. Then I try to like practice it for uh, a speech therapist, and then um, I I read yeah. I read books. And then um, I also mm. read a lot of blog posts about in psychology, and then um, it talks about mm. uh, something like um, the meaning of health. I I previously mm. I think health is about only physical, but actually it's not. It's it's all mm. it's also compromised. Mm. Uh, includes your uh, emotion, your social, and also Emotional, your yeah. Um, physical, mental, mental, and also your physical well-being. Yeah. So, um, yeah. when I have this kind of idea, what it is, I try to find ways in order to like improve um, mm. my happiness. Sometimes I do feel unhappy, lah. Mm. To be honest, after I see my patient. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Is 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 that it? I I started it, working. I was also very unhappy. Yeah, <laughs> it's also very unhealthy, lah. I think because um, I do I do mm. read somewhere like what even though our our service is like just giving, uh, giving our service to the yeah. patient, right? Mm. Um, but but then actually mm. we are also giving our energy, like our emotional energy, and then um, mm. I found this yeah. tip that is quite. 
um, effective for me lah personally because I already done it for mm. quite some times now. It's already like around one year. What mm-hmm. I do is I mm-hmm. write myself a gratitude journal. Mm. Mm. I write myself okay. a gratitude journal, and then um, um, mm. what I write is I just give myself around five minutes a day, and then write the things mm-hmm. that I feel grateful about. So, um, mm. for example, uh, what I did is I feel grateful about. Able to go to work. Sometimes people cannot mm. go to work, right? Yeah, um, true. And then I do write something like, I can talk. Because our patients cannot talk sometimes. Yeah. So we have the ability to talk. Yeah. So we have those advantages. Yeah. At first, to be honest, I don't feel anything. <laughs> mm. <laughs> when I write those things, I don't feel anything. I don't feel anything at all. But mm. after quite some time, yeah. you do it regularly you feel this sense of mm-hmm. uh, calm, calmness. And then mm. you feel the sense of, um, you feel a little bit motivated to go to work. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's that positive thinking mm. that, that gets you a bit motivated. And yeah, it's true. It's not like a one-day thing where you... You do that and you feel okay. I I suppose it takes time yeah. <laughs> for it to kick mm-hmm. in. Yeah. And and that's one thing that mm. I start with. After I do that, get into journaling, and then mm-hmm. I try to find another way. So the other way that I do is mm-hmm. I find my, um, I read books. Mm. But the books that I read is yeah. um. Something like self-help books. Have you read self-help books before? Yeah, actually, I just got a few, but I've I've not gotten into it yet, <laughs> because I I've also been thinking that self-help books can actually help you a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What kind of book that you bought? Um, I think I bought um one of it is, um, is the things. I think by by this Korean mm-hmm. monk, I think his name is mm-hmm. Hemin Sunim. So it's like how to accept yourself um in a world striving for perfection and and also how to become in a busy world. So I think these two books are the the ones that um caught my eye and something that I really felt that I needed. Yes, I read that book actually. So, yeah. yeah, you did. Oh my god. I- did, did it um, help? I do. I do think that it helps because uh, one thing I'm mm. uh, it, it good yeah. for starters because for me personally I don't read, I don't, I don't yeah. have the habit of reading, so um, mm. that book mm. is quite short and simple and it got pictures. Mm. Yes, uh, yeah, true. Yeah, that's why I bought it because I'm also I'm a, more of a fiction kind of person that like I've never read self-help books or motivational books um so i also thought that i i'm not i wasn't sure if i would like it or it would be good but yeah i saw that there were pictures and i was like oh i should just try yes, this out true. you should try for something mm. that you like first in order to like keep your motivation mm. going so after that mm. then only after you already have that habit of reading then only you go through to something that is more serious for like me, I I mm-hmm. I also experienced that as well. Even though right, even right now, mm-hmm. I keep on switching books. 
Like right now, I'm. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't like um forcing myself to finish that book at that time. If like I already mm-hmm. lose interest in order to like keep reading on that book, I will change, change mm. to something that oh, excites okay. me to read. Um and mm. and if that book doesn't give me the excitement anymore, and then I change to another book, mm. and then I change again. And then change mm. again, uh, something yeah. like that. And then I also try okay. um to try different mediums. I do buy mm. um audible. Have you heard of audible before? Mm. You mean um yeah, it's audio books. Yeah, audio books. Uh, yeah, with, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, someone yeah. like me, I like to listen yeah. to people, so I uh, consider reading lah, reading those books by listening. Yeah. So I do two things at once. Mm. So I didn't feel bored yeah. in order to like listen to mm. that book. So I I do some house chores, and then at the mm. same time I do some reading. So I feel a bit better about myself after mm. that because I learned something. So like just now we talk mm-hmm. about health, like so health. Impro- compromises emotion, mm-hmm. mental, intellectual, yeah. and also physical, right? So our intellectual mm-hmm. part is already being um, used, yes, used, <laughs> or um, out, the food yeah. of thought is already there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ah, good job, <laughs> I'm so proud of me. <laughs> Whenever I talk to you, I will learn. I will try to. Think of new words. I think from previously also I am like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We always had that thing. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, like that. So you already have that, um, a uh, food of thought, and then you change into. Yeah. Then you try to like from you already know that you have to maintain your health according to physical, emotion, intellectual, and spiritual mm. as well. So try to follow that phase, mm-hmm. and then. I believe that you feel a lot better after that. Hmm. Hmm. I suppose it's something that I need to try yeah. <laughs> to keep up the motivation. Yeah, yeah. But but don't yeah. force yourself to do everything at one time. I already done that. Mm. To be honest, yeah. I already mm. force myself mm. to do. I need to exercise. Like to today, I need to exercise. I need to read. I need to. Um, mm. I need to uh, be very spiritual. I need to mm-hmm. uh, talk to people. And yeah. then I feel very yeah. drained out. I be I feel burnt burnt exactly. out the next day. But so try yeah. something if you want to try something, try within your limits. Like right now, you are trying to like mm. read certain books, buy certain books. Yeah. And that is very good already. So try that one yeah. and then try to ex- like create something from there, and then usually mm. you will feel the growth after that. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I know it's true. Like I, I, I do the same thing like as you. Like today, okay, I need to do this. I need to do this, 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 and this. And in the end of the day, it's like only one thing gets done. <laughs> Nothing else gets done. So I, I guess it's true. Like um, we shouldn't push ourselves too much. And I, speaking of that, I think um, how I, I overcome um one major setback because I think. Being in a private hospital, we work Mondays all the way to Fridays, and then Saturdays half day, which can also be more than half day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it can be mm-hmm. a full day, so it's like it's very tiring. So I think for me, it was that work-life balance that mm-hmm. I needed because like I was constantly giving energy mm-hmm. out, um, 
all the days, you know, with, with lots of patients to see that energy kept coming out and I never had positive energy coming back mm-hmm. to me so that I can give it out mm-hmm. again. So I think that's where the burnout sort of sets mm-hmm. in and, and you feel that, oh no, like, oh, I cannot do this anymore, mm-hmm. you know. So like for me, I think that's why, um, well, I think some of you know that I, I did my MBA mm-hmm. Um, halfway and when I did that MBA I switched from a full-time to a part-time speech therapist Mm. and I think that uh, was the best thing that happened for Mm. me because I found that balance I found a way to have okay three days I'm going to sit I'm going to give my energy out to my patients and then the other days I had time to you know do things that I wanted to put back that positive energy in me so I was like okay I can actually sit down and read something about my patient like what what you know like articles Mm -hmm. Um, I think we all know like as a speech therapist we have to continue educating ourselves Mm -hmm. so that and that was what I felt that I couldn't do when I was a Mm full-timer full-time speech pathologist Mm -hmm. yeah but I, I sort of found that time to to read and have um, ideas coming up in my mm-hmm. head, like what kind of activities I should do mm-hmm. next because I had that free mm-hmm. time. So like um, that that really helped set the tone for me. It was just it was just nice. I didn't feel like I had to force myself to go to work. It was like, oh okay, let's work today. Uh, let's work tomorrow and then oh you get a day off after that, so that's fine. Mm-hmm. So that that was um, sort of a motivation for me uh, that I had a balance in things for me mm. to do. So I guess, yeah, like different people would have different um, types of coping mm-hmm. for their mm-hmm. burnout. Yeah, but also, yeah, like, like with the self-help, self-help mm-hmm. reading, something that I'm yet mm-hmm. to do during my mm-hmm. free time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I totally relate to you. And good job in making mm-hmm. that decision for you in order to like... <laughs> for the For doing your studies. How, how, how was your studies, studies going? That? Yeah, that, that, that was really good. I ended... I finished it last year in um, somewhere maybe June or July. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm so, so happy... But um, I think studying is something that I find that I actually mm-hmm. like um, because it sort of gave me a purpose. Mm-hmm. But throughout that two years MBA mm-hmm. journey, uh, it was something for me, something more personal for me. It was for me to decide if I wanted to keep staying in the speech pathology mm-hmm. field or did I want to come out from it. Mm-hmm. But during that two years, I I realized that um, I didn't want to give up being a speech pathologist because I think it's just too special, mm-hmm. um, too, too special. I think I, I like it, but I don't hate it um, all that much. So it sort of gave me, cleared up my mind of what I want to do um, being a speech pathologist. So I also thought that um, I had a good time working in a hospital setting. Um, I had fun, but I also wanted to explore other mm-hmm. options because being a speech pathologist in a hospital setting is mm-hmm. different 
from being in a private center, for for example. So that's when I decided that you know I want to be a bit adventurous and start my own private practice, something that um I got a chance to do last year, starting November. And yeah, that that um that exploration it sort of gives me um. Motivation as well because I manage my own private practice mm-hmm. and I'm responsible in a way, you know, for all the patients that I mm-hmm. see. Um, sure, maybe less support because um, it's just me. I'm going mm-hmm. solo, but um, yeah, but um, something that I always wanted to to explore and see that how I would feel if I am working in this type of setting mm-hmm. and managing my own. Um, center if it would be something that I want eventually, mm-hmm. so that's why I set out to be on this journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, yes. I I do feel that mm-hmm. you when you feel that the urge to like change something, you feel like you mm-hmm. want to get out from that comfort zone. You already feel yeah. comfort at that one place. So true. There's nobody to like, like. Uh, prevent you from doing it because you own your mm. life. So you, if mm. you feel like you want to do something that is better, then you feel like something mm-hmm. is good for you, and then it mm-hmm. it is for better purpose. So I think it is something that good to to do to pursue of like mm, for you. Also. Yeah, and yeah. I do feel. Just... I do feel. Um, Actually, I feel surprised when you started opening that uh, <laughs> center, and yeah. I do feel uh, yeah. inspired at the same times because um, yeah. maybe I don't know. In future, I may mm. open my mm. own. I'm not sure, but yeah. but I, yeah. I I do think that it is something that we can take into account as well. Yeah. Mm. So how yes, how was the journey? Yes. For now, you already like. Um, uh, three months opening your own center. What kinds of yeah, services that you yeah. provide? Um, yeah. Uh, well, being in the hospital mm-hmm. in a hospital mm-hmm. setting, um, you know, having handled adults at the, in mm-hmm. the beginning, and when I went to Island Hospital, I had the exposure of mm-hmm. having both pediatrics and adults. Mm-hmm. But I definitely saw more pediatrics. Mm-hmm. And that's where I sort of realized that oh, you know, my interest is more towards pediatrics. Mm. Um, it wasn't leaning to adults at mm-hmm. all. Uh, so for now, what what I'm doing mm-hmm. with my private practice, I definitely um targeting more of pediatrics mm-hmm. coming mm-hmm. in, um seeing pediatric cases. Um, same a- anybody, absolutely anybody who needs um a speech and language therapy mm-hmm. service. You know, like. It's more of me, um, trying to get the help out rather than, um, making it as a money making business. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I'm I'm trying mm-hmm. my best to to keep things where it's beneficial for me, but also at the same time beneficial for my mm-hmm. patients. So definitely targeting and seeing more pediatrics. Mm-hmm. Um, for my center, but then um, again, because of the mm-hmm. pandemic, I think um, everyone mm-hmm. is is experiencing some sort of mm-hmm. setback, and that's what I'm I'm also um, dealing mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. right now. 
but looking at the positive mm-hmm, side mm-hmm. you know um i have time i have time to actually develop more materials mm-hmm. um you know handmade materials mm-hmm. and just exploring uh what what i can do and sort of doing more readings mm-hmm. um online you know i think being on Instagram and having and following all these wonderful accounts, you know, I, I think you know also exactly, um, Inform SLP and all all so many types of um accounts, um speech pathologists all around the world, and just sort of getting ideas from that of of what I can do with my patients, and I think I'm just at a stage where I am. building rebuilding my knowledge and my theories mm-hmm. again um yeah so that's that's what i am doing for now so hoping for the pandemic to oh. end so that things can actually be better but so yeah. for right now you are like uh, reducing amount of patient or you totally stop seeing any patient right now um yeah it, it depends um i think most of my patients have decided to stop mm-hmm. for a bit Um and you know they are too mm-hmm. young to actually do a teletherapy mm. or uh yeah uh an mm-hmm. online um therapy for mm-hmm. them uh so sort of um sometimes mm-hmm. you know having to just talk to parents and check if everything is mm-hmm. okay um and in what areas I can mm-hmm. help them out but otherwise that's about oh, it I yeah see. okay. So mm-hmm. it's like uh, more on the consultation side for this time lah. Yeah. Mm, I see, I see. Yeah, great, great. true. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I do uh, uh, learn a lot. I'm, I'm not sure why. Maybe because of the pandemic as mm-hmm. well. We tend to like go mm. to the Instagram and scroll out to for new information, right? Yeah. I, I do think yeah. like previously, why we didn't <laughs> saw about this when, when exactly. we are in uni? Because it, it really, really helps us. It, yeah. Oh my God, exactly. It would have helped us like tons and tons because the ideas that um comes forward, you know, the recommendations of materials, like like literally everything, like something that we could have used when we were students. <laughs> I, I wonder why that didn't occur to us before. Yeah, why we are not exposed with mm-hmm. that before or we are not exploring. <laughs> I'm not sure what happened yeah. at that time. <laughs> Maybe. But fortunately, yeah. we have that access now. So yeah. Um, yeah. So let's yeah. share what we learned from that scrolling. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> yeah, perfect flow is that the <laughs> So from our scrolling um both of us side, yeah. um both of us suddenly found something that um it makes us interest to go into and then we both yeah. of us subscribe. Yeah. So the the yeah, the, true. the subscription is called the Inform SLP. So the Inform SLP mm-hmm. is a subscription based program whereby they provide you a uh, easy access to um risk evidence based evidence based research. Yeah, they yeah. already put it into their words. They you don't have to mm-hmm. like uh, to um disclaimer this this thing is not <laughs> is not It's not uh sponsored by Inform SLP. Yeah, <laughs> we just want to inform to the other SLPs to try it out. Yeah, like just sort of put the word out there that this is something that is so amazing. Yes. 
Uh, I think it saves a lot of our time. You don't have to read the whole research paper because the Inform SLP has summarized those information for us. Uh, and it's evidence-based practice. So it's something that we've always been taught as a speech therapist, you know, like this is what you need to do. So, yeah. yeah. For me as well, I think this uh, Inform SLP is a good thing because it's easy to understand. <laughs> Mm. That's the main thing about research <laughs> yeah. because I when I whenever I read research, I feel like yeah. what are they talking about? I don't yeah. understand. It becomes complicated, right? It's like the beginning is like okay, fine, and then towards the end is like what what was this whole thing about yes. again? So uh, when yeah. I found about this, I feel like yes, my life is being saved by this thing, and then the subscription mm. is not that expensive, guys. Yeah, yeah, true. It, it it's a it's a worthwhile um uh subscription. The the payment is it's every three months. Three months. Uh, uh, what what do you? Use? Yeah, months. yeah. You can choose um every three months or you want a year, but it's worth every single of your penny. It it's what I can yes, say. Yes, me too. Um, yeah. um by mm-hmm. the way I I didn't subscribe to all. I only subscribe to one because mm. I feel uh I subscribe to those that I feel most resonate with me. So, I subscribe to mm, Burst to 3 mm. and Ivina also subscribe to that as well. So, today we are yeah. going to share a sneak peek of that. Uh, research that we read for today is a study about uh, autism. So, one mm-hmm. of the research study is about early signs of autism. So, this study yeah. is written by... Tanner A and Dona B K on the year 2020. Mm-hmm. Yes, guys. This research yeah, is it's recent. Recent research, guys. You don't have yes. to like Google it out or find ways to search for the <laughs> research. Okay. So the title of the research is The Emergence of Autism Symptoms Prior to 18 Months of Age, a systemic Systematic Literature Review Journal of Autism and Developmental Disorders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So from this uh, research, it talks about um, early signs of ASD. So the four things that they highlighted in this study is about regression does happen in young children with autism. Um, the second mm-hmm. one is um, they talk about should, um, using published tools to screen for ASD. Uh, the third mm-hmm. one is about sensory concern are an important sign. And the fourth one is 33% of children or with more than one autistic family member were considered to be developing typically by three years of age. So mm-hmm. from this um, input, what can I say is um, I can relate this research to the uh, KKM system because I'm in government uh, mm. government center. So when I read this, they talk yeah. about MCHAT. Mm, yeah, uh, true. So KKM do provide screening to using MCHAT and you can actually read it in the um, what they they what does they call it uh, in English? I'm not sure, but in Malay, the book is called. The blue and the pink mm-hmm. color lah. Whenever like you have a new, you conceive a child, uh, mm-hmm. the clinic kesihatan will provide you with the book. 
So in that mm-hmm. book, they already yeah. got the, the M child, and they will usually will like um screen the child whether they have the signs of ASD every uh two times twice mm, when they yeah. are at eighteen months and also another one in when they are in thirty thirty six months. So mm-hmm. uh why why I talk about this is because when they say that we need to have a better um uh, like do the screening more so yeah. we do practice it here so mm, it's a good mm. thing that we are pre- uh, in Malaysia also we practice a very good training to practice that like, yeah, evidently base what do you think yeah yeah I, I I think like um like I'm actually very um um what do, what do you say I'm very happy because I think um among most because working in a private hospital I have seen um, patients from Russia, patients from Australia, who who resided in Malaysia for some time, you know, and they decided to to get our service. So what I I notice is um, definitely some of them say that in their own home country, uh, it is difficult to get a position or to get a speech therapy service because um they don't really have this early intervention sort of practice. Um, I know it's not all, but um, so far that was the complaint that I have gotten. So, but over here, I'm actually very surprised that how early um, the doctors do early identification and also refer cases to us pretty much early. Like I've got as early mm. as six months old and... You know, like this is what the research is all about. It's saying that early identification just allows for early intervention. So knowing and, um, you know, trying to get um, evidence or, or trying to see if there's an onset of um, autism coming along, any symptoms that you see and getting that um getting that reviewed early on leads to early intervention. And and I believe it's true for, for other speech therapists as well. I think we do see um, very young patients and young cases. Yes, yes, yes true. Um, and also, I do think that um, um, our intention is actually uh, really, really want to like educate the um, community out there whenever like you have uh, no matter mm. you are a family member, you are a parent itself, you really, really need to take mm-hmm. care of your family members and uh, see whether they are mm. on the track. So, like, for example, like you are the parents of the child, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you cannot simply like put the responsibility mm-hmm. in order to like knowing whether your child is at the developmental stage by uh, putting the responsibility <laughs> yeah. to the um, hospital itself you can do track uh, mm. I I read mm. the book just now to be honest <laughs> and mm-hmm. it already like <laughs> give you a very very good insights for parents they already mm. give you mm. uh, what kind of development yeah. the child should already have at this age on that age um, mm. what should mm. they uh, what, what can the parents help uh, do in order to help the child 
how to feed the child, how to breastfeed the child. It's already in that book. But um, I do realize that certain uh, parents didn't realize about that. So it's a good thing if you, mm. when you, whenever you got something, you try to go through it, even see what information you can get from. Mm-hmm. And facility, they already given you something that you can mm-hmm. already use it. And they're giving it to you, mm-hmm. cost. Yeah. So appreciate all those things, people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think that the awareness is still um, very lacking among the public, yeah. probably. Um, and it's supposedly, I think it is our job as well to, yes. to get the word yes. out there. So, yeah, hopefully that actually improves yes. throughout the I really years. hope that this conversation that mm. we have together really helps the community in order to like building that mm. awareness mm-hmm. as well. Lah. Hopefully, hopefully we can give mm-hmm. that sense of information to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So research, I think this the the winding path to functional mm-hmm. communication, right? I think this is another research yes. that that you want to talk about. So for the other research mm-hmm. that we can, uh, that we we want to share about the winding path <laughs> to functional communication. Yeah. So um, this mm-hmm. uh this winding path is actually like they are like talking about the past um, so I try mm-hmm. to um, explain create a picture in that inside of inside your guy's mind whereby uh, imagine that you are in a car uh, on the way to a place and then um, you are like Entering this phase like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, like in the sloppy road. road, and then um, you have like three sloppy roads. One sloppy road, you find a what do we call it? Rest house that we call social motivation, and then the other sloppy road, and you go down, and then you find another sloppy road, then you find intentional, functional communication, and then you go down. You will receive receptive language and then the end of the road, you will go to functional communication. That is about the winding phase. So what this research Mm -hmm. emphasizes on is about when we are treating ASD patients, usually we will like um, focusing on the receptive and the expressive language only, usually. But Mm -hmm. then we tend to Mm -hmm. forget about... The, the functional communication yeah, the functional part. Communication part of the ASD itself. So mm. um, when I read this uh, research, I try to relate with my therapy session. So when like mm-hmm. I see patient, usually I will straight away do that receptive and expressive language. I didn't really mm-hmm. focus on mm-hmm. their um, motivation or their intention, or mm-hmm. even their engagement. So, I do feel mm-hmm. a bit stressed about that. So, when I read this, mm-hmm. I do realize that, oh, actually I have to like engage with them, try to follow their lead, mm-hmm. then only I can like go through to the um, goals that I want to 
practice with them. So here they talk about that. Hmm. Like for example, like uh, here I'm quoting yeah. the the research here saying that targeting what production without also mm-hmm. focusing on social motivation and intentional communication may be unproductive. Yeah. So like when you are focusing too hmm. much on the receptive and expressive part, then you didn't focus on the motivation and the intentional communication, like the motivation in order to like communicate with you. So it's really, really unproductive yeah. and make you loses your energy more. So yeah. Yeah, true. I think this research was really interesting uh, because I know we deal with ASD a lot and having to do therapy, sometimes you get stuck in that in that area where you forgot you forget about some things that mm. you should be targeting <laughs> because we we are so used to having done um receptive expressive mm. receptive expressive um and i think like even i i forget this sometimes that what we speech pathologists are really all about is mm-hmm. promoting communication so communication can come in many ways you know and and this research is an eye opener because it it sort of tells you for for functional communication to happen which is the ultimate goal that we want for children with ASD um social motivation is something that is really needed um and that 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 promotes um how you do that is from intentional communication and and having you know like sort of just communicating um naturally with the child and when you do that you build you automatically build that receptive language that leads to a functional communication so i think this provides a very good um uh refreshment on our knowledge you know in what we should do and what we should target in the future for for these mm-hmm. children with ASD It's true um i do find mm-hmm. uh, really really good insights from this both research so yeah um mm-hmm. if everyone mm-hmm. out there who really wants to improve their food of thoughts <laughs> go and, <laughs> go and uh, em- uh enroll yourself in inform slp but not only inform slp there are also other um uh Mm. Instagrammers, um, speech therapists who uh, really, really put yeah. a really good insight. Sometimes I do go to SLP mm. now. They provide a very free, uh, a free webinar mm. for speech therapists. Yeah, I oh. I attend one um, previously. Uh, it oh. talks about eti- mm-hmm. uh, ethical and legal. It talks about uh, cultural differences. Um and mm-hmm. um, I only go and listen to the one that related lah, and then also about um uh, about uh oh the technologies that we we can use. So I I do find that we are lacking in that mm. kind of knowledge, um because um yeah I do think we are like still in the in the like uh traditional phase where we use a lot of um. Mm. Physical, physical, physical materials, materials, yeah, physical right? materials, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, when mm. I found about that, it do it do give me signs of like, oh, uh, I I can reduce this amount of things after this, but then it takes time to learn. Mm. 
it's not that easy to learn yeah. something new. Yeah. Like. But it's... <laughs> exactly. It's like, uh, ex- uh, Have that, that exposure, exposure. But not everything you can practice directly, something like that. Lah. If you already have that confidence, yeah. then only you like yeah. practice it. Lah. Mm. So that is something mm. that you can mm. take into account as well whenever like you learn something new, you can share it, but doesn't mean that you have mm-hmm. to practice it all the time. Know your li- own limitation and mm. o- know your own uh, capabilities. Yeah, that's to yes. avoid the burnout. Today we are talking about <laughs> yeah. um, uh, how to build your motivation to work, <laughs> emotional well-being, mm. and also talk yeah. about how to in- mm-hmm. increase your knowledge by enrolling in this mm-hmm. Um, subscription and then we also talk about you yeah the one who yeah. um, try to challenge herself much better in order to like improve herself better and also to like Aww. giving her service better because she really really likes being a speech therapist yeah it's not something that I'm yes, ready to good, give up <laughs> good Ivina because I yeah. I still remember yeah. that you really really not into it at the first phase of the of uh, your working life, I do think so. And then right mm-hmm. now, I do feel that yeah. passionate sense of you. You really, really um, passionate about mm-hmm. being a speech therapist now. It's just that you have to tweak a little bit here and there in order to like have a better system yeah. for your life. And I hope that you. Yeah, oh, I'm so happy that you noticed that change <laughs> in me. And I really, really hope that you are able to like practice this more and give more to the community next time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You too, Izati. I think you doing this this podcast is something, uh, very brave of you. Uh, I think it's also something that indirectly you you learn something from each other. So it's it's a really good move thank you, thank for you. you. So um, <laughs> yeah. we are here for each other. Anything you can just contact each other, okay? <laughs> so yeah. we, we almost <laughs> come to an end now. So I would like to say thank you a mm-hmm. thousand times. 20, uh, 2,000 times, 3,000 times for agreeing to come to this My Humble <laughs> Podcast. Oh, you're, you're most welcome but also thank you to you a thousand infinity times for okay, having me. So, any last words yeah, that you want to say to the audience? Um, I think like um, it's just really about giving support. Um, I think speech pathologist is a very, very great profession. Um not something that everybody can do <laughs> so i'm um, just giving out want to give out lots of love and support to all speech pathologies throughout the world i think everyone's doing a good job yeah yeah hang in there hang dear in speech there. pathologies yeah. and speech therapists and speech language therapists yeah. <laughs> we have so many yeah, yeah we, whatever we so names we names. go by <laughs> can we just go with one yeah <laughs> Yeah, I, I think the most common one, um, something that I think it's speech pathologists right now that 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 we want to mm-hmm. they want to continue. Yeah, yeah. With. Uh, we just <laughs> see how. <laughs> so how can they reach you if you they want to ha- uh, get your service? They want to contact you or know you more. Oh yeah, I I think you can contact me mm-hmm. through my email. Okay, um, you can always contact me by my email. It's Evina, that's spelled E V I N A, 
underscore H D D for Denmark at yahoo.com.sg or you know just just WhatsApp me on at my number. Okay, it's zero one seven four seven five double two one seven. Okay, so um, that's all for today. Uh, see you guys mm-hmm. in the next podcast. <laughs> 